I'm glad that you're here. I'm Pastor Ken. Uh, Pastor Jeff has allowed me to preach to you again, and I really appreciate that so much. I'm so thankful for our pastor. Amen. I, I love how he leads us through books of the Bible, and so we're in First Peter as we're going through that. This is week four, so we're in chapter two. If you turn your Bible there or um, uh, your phone or wherever you're, you got that app, um, but turn to First Peter chapter two. But I'm so thankful that you're here. I want you to know. I, I do this every, every time, but I, I want you to know that you are loved. You are loved. You are loved by God, and you're loved by us. And we, we don't take it lightly when you take time out of your busy week to chisel out a part of that and come. Now, I, I think it's amazing to be here. Uh, sometimes people get drugged, kids get drugged here, or husbands get drugged here. But we just want you to know that we're so thankful that you're here. If you're a guest of ours, Lord willing, Pastor Jeff will be preaching again next week. And so you can come back and uh, enjoy that. But thank you so much for being here. And you are loved by God and you're loved by us. And we appreciate you being here. We're in First Peter. And so last week we looked at verses 1 through 10. And I was just thinking about that all week long. Um, I kind of ran out of time and, and I was... Um, just pondering verses 9 and 10 kind of all week. What a blessing it is. One commentator uh, put chapter 2 like this. Verses 1 through 10 are kind of like our privileges, our benefits that we get from God. And so as we looked at those last week, it was just, it was a really joyful, awesome um, message to deliver about how, you know, Christ is building us up into something and then he's making us something. And so we talked about all these privileges and benefits that we have. And now today's text, starting with verse 11 to the end of the chapter, he said, well, this is kind of like our duties, right? God says, here's what I'm giving you and making you. And then here's what I'm asking of you. And so uh, kind of privileges and duties. But I, again, I was looking at the end of this. And uh, if you'll look at verse 9 again, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 this is so awesome. He says, like, but you are a chosen race and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that, now stop with me for a minute, he's made us all those things and created us into something really special so that we could be proud, you know, proud of who we are. No, that's not what it says, is it? So that we could pat ourselves on the back and, and think, wow, we're pretty pretty awesome or so we could look down on other people who aren't like us no that's that's not it it says so that you and I can proclaim his praises so that you and I can proclaim his praises to the one who called us out of darkness and into marvelous light see we were we were not had not received mercy but now we have received mercy verse 10 uh, we were uh, sinners and now we're saints we were slaves to sin and now we're slaves to Christ and we were in darkness and now we're in light we were in death and now life and on and on and on and he did that so that we could praise him and so I want to come back to that at the end um, if if you'll allow me to do that but we're going to go through this text this morning and again I'm just so thankful that Pastor Jeff brought us so far we've talked about how he is uh, Christ is our hope, and uh, we have hope in him, so we don't have to worry about 
things in life, we all go through struggles, amen? We all go through difficulties, but our hope is in Christ and our eternal benefits are amazing. And then he talks about how, um, in, in finishing out chapter one, he's talking about how we're called to a holy living and how things, everything passes away, but the word of God is valuable and that's why we preach out of it. The word of God endures forever and then we're built up into something and we talked about that last week. So now we're in chapter two, verse 11 and it starts off and says, dear friends, this really should be Pastor Jeff's text because he calls us friends all the time, doesn't he? I love that and, and Peter does that as well. He says, dear friends, I urge you, verse 11, as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, we We've already had a chance to, to come to you and, and pray to you and sing to you and give to you. And, and Lord, we do ask that you would be magnified in everything that happens in this place, that what's already happened and what will happen. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give us a mind that's open and a heart that's willing to hear and ears that can be receptive to what you would say to us through your Holy Spirit. And I, just, I pray, Lord, that, that you would guard my lips, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing to you and everything that I say would be <laughs> guarded by the Holy Spirit and only be what's in the Word. Father, would you, if we haven't done so already, would you prepare us to hear from you? If there's someone who's never trusted in you this morning, Lord, I pray that they would hear the good news about what your son Jesus did for us as he went to the cross on our behalf and he died and rose again so that we could be forgiven and we could be a child of yours. And so move in this place, dear God, in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said, amen. In in this section, like I said, it kind of deals with our duties that we have as believers, as followers of Christ. And so he says, he starts off in verse 11 again, he says, I urge you as strangers. Now he's not calling us strange. Let's be clear. Now some of us, like myself, some, and let's be honest, some of you are kind of strange um, along with me. But that's not what he's saying. He's not saying we're strange. He's saying we're strangers and we're exiles. And other, some of your text might say sojourners and aliens and that type of thing. The, the thing is, is this is not our home, right? Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth, right? 1 John 2, 15 through 17 um, says this. I think it'll be up here. 1 John 2, 15 says, do not Love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father but from the world. And the world and its lust is passing away 
but the one who does the will of God remains forever. This is not our home. There's a lot of texts in Scripture that remind us of that. This is not uh, our this is not it for us. Amen? Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that this isn't all there is? And so he says, listen, I've given you an inheritance in heaven and I've made you special people. And so don't fall for all the traps that this world has for us. You and I are his. You and I are God, children of the Lord. And he asks uh, better of us. And so he says, so I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that, listen, wage war against the soul. God's called us to a battle. He says, there, you, you've, you're, you're called to battle against those things in the world that draw you. Our natural self is drawn toward things that are not good for us. Have you ever seen somebody who's lived a life just like with a lot of drugs and alcohol or s- sexual promiscuity, just really... Um, their body shows it, doesn't it? Sometimes I see somebody and I'm introduced to them and I find out we're the same age. And sometimes, honestly, it's like, I don't think I look as old as that person, right? Because they've had a rough life. The sins of the world wage war against our body. But you know what else? It wages war against our soul. Don't miss that. Uh, so God's called us to wage war against that. Uh, Verse 12, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, those who are, he's talking about those who are not uh, believers, so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day that he visits. People are going to see us and they're going to see us going through the same difficulties that they go through. We have brothers and sisters that that we, we lose, we lose parents and we lose loved ones and we go through struggles and we have health issues and then they look at us and they're like, how does that person go through these things and still have this peace and have this joy? I don't understand. They get kind of angry sometimes that we're like, how can you be so happy when you're going through this? They don't realize, right, that this isn't our home and we have Christ and we have eternity and we have an inheritance that we can count on. And so, uh, they don't understand it and they get frustrated, but then it says that, uh, that they're going to realize one day that God is coming back. Jesus is going to part the skies and he's going to come back, amen? And, uh, and then God's justice will be rolled out. And so keep that in mind as we're waging war against the things that we're not supposed to take part of. And then he goes into these couple different sections and Pastor Jeff's going to uh, continue it on next next week. He breaks out several different sections that we're supposed to. Now listen, I'm not swearing. This is the S word in church. It's a kind of submit. Everybody say that. Submit. It's okay. Like we all submit to something, right? Uh, we all submit to God, and then whatever we He's called us to submit to. And it's kind of interesting, especially in these days today that he's calling us right at the beginning here verse 13 listen to this submit to every human authority because of the lord whether to the emperor or the supreme authority to or the governors or those who uh, are sent out by him to punish those who do evil uh, who sorry to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do what is good for it is god's will 
that you silence the ignorance of the foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone, love the brothers and sisters, fear God, and honor the emperor or some or honor the king or honor the president or honor the people that God's put in charge of of us in our government right that's what he's saying listen you need to be a good citizen in your in your country you know why it says it right there in verse 13 submit to every human authority because of the lord you know that God has put people in charge of us, right? God puts, the Bible says that God not only causes the rain to fall in some places and not other places, and he causes all these things. He's sovereign over so many different things, and one of the things he's sovereign over, the Bible says is that he brings rulers to power, and we're like, wait a minute. Well, he does it for a lot of different reasons, and remember, his ways are above our ways, and his thoughts are above our thoughts, and we don't always understand it, but God puts different rulers in place in different places because uh, sometimes he wants to bless us, and sometimes he wants to punish us so that we turn back to him. And when Peter's writing this, they're under the uh, authority of the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire did not take kindly to Christians right they they didn't like christians they punished christians they persecuted and put to death christians all the time so many different emperors that were in charge during jesus's life and even now were so against christians and he's like yeah you know one of the things that god's called you to do is to be a good citizen and and to honor your emperor it says in verse 15 4 it is God's what? Will. It's God's will. And why does he say that? Because it's God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people sometimes. <laughs> what? Have you ever met foolish and ignorant people? Have you been introduced to me, me before? Okay. Sometimes we meet ignorant and foolish people, and you know what they say about us? They, say, they, they tend to say that we hate certain people, right? You're just against, you know, and let's just say LGBTQ, whatever. We hate those people. That's what they tell us. But no, God calls us to, to love them and so that we get to share the gospel with them. Amen, church? God's called us to love sinful people. He's like, listen, you used to be like a lot of those people. So don't forget, don't get all snooty and high-minded and stuff. Love people that are doing wrong and God has called so many things wrong it's not just homosexuality we used to do that in church all the time you get a good amen by talking against them but we'd forget about adultery and premarital sex and any kind of thing that God's not called us to do right God's called us one man and one woman to love each other and have a great relationships together anything outside of that is wrong and so that encompasses a lot of things that we love to you know, say, say that God is it's sinful, but we forget about the ones that we do. Are you with me, church? And so God's called us to love them. And then they're like, well, I thought you hated. No, we love you. And we want to earn the opportunity to share Jesus with you. That's what he's called us to. And then there's another 
section in verse 18 where we have to submit that S word. It's what it's, it talks about slaves and masters. And so things were different back in the Roman Empire. Um, don't, don't think about slavery kind of like pre-Civil War times in our country or many other places in the world all that's going on all over the place. I think what he's, because he's not affirming that, although if you're in that situation, you're, you are called to still um, honor God in all things, right? But he's talking more about, um, back in those days, a lot of people, like if I owed a, owed a lot of money to somebody, I'd say, hey, can I work for you? Can I work it off? And so that person would be my, my master, my employer. We can look at this today's language and say, hey, listen, employees and bosses, right? And so he says, hey, uh, hey, employees, submit to your boss, verse 18, with all reverence, not only to the gentle, the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if, because of, the, uh, of a consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly, for what credit is it when you do wrong and are beaten and you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. Here's what he's saying. Listen, you be a good employee to your boss. Whether you have a good boss or a bad boss, it doesn't matter. Be a good employee. Show up to work. Be on time. Have a good attitude. Work hard. Why? Work as unto the Lord. And then they're going to, uh, sometimes they're going to uh, ridicule you and bash you. I mean, I can just picture, I can just picture, and I've actually, I've experienced this, uh, had several different jobs before I went to seminary and, I, and even and after. But I would, uh, Jolie and I would, try to love people and try and be good employees and, and good people. So we would, we would like our friends, but then what would happen, a lot of times what happens is people would try and, you know, um, get closer to the boss. So you'd hang around with the boss and you'd go out afterwards and get drunk after work and get drunk with the boss. And you would tell, uh, you know, jokes that don't honor God and you would bash your wife and you would do all these things that I didn't want to be a part of. But I would be a great employee, and so sometimes what would happen is they get, you know, well, hey, Ken, why don't, why don't you work this Friday night because we're all going to go out, right? And it's like, oh, man, well, my kid's got a basketball game. It's like, and you get treated unfairly. Are you, are, are you with me? I mean, it happens all different ways. I heard a story about a woman out in, um, her wife was a pastor, and she was kind of a, a personal assistant to some bigwigs in, in Hollywood. And she said, listen, I want you to know something. I love the Lord and I will not lie for you. So when you're out doing whatever you're doing and you want me to call your wife and say you're doing something else, I'm not doing that for you. And so she'd get fired and then she'd get hired by somebody else because she had integrity. There's times when we get persecuted for being a good employee and for standing strong with the Lord. If you're getting persecuted, like if you get fired because you're stealing from your employer, he's like, uh, that doesn't bring Christ honor, right? Don't, don't be that guy. But work hard and be a good employee no matter what so that God 
gets glory. Sinners, Proverbs 1.10 reminds us that sinners are going to entice us to come and do stuff with them. And you're like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to honor the Lord. And then he goes on with this in verse 21. He says, for you were called. Called by who? Called by God. You were called by God to this because Christ also suffered for you. Leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult, uh, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray. I love this. But you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus hung out with sinners, but he didn't sin. And you and I can do the same thing. Jolene and I were, um, when I was going to seminary, it was really weird. It's a long story, but I was, had two part-time jobs, and I got hired in a, as an assistant human resource manager by a Christian guy and then he got fired and so they made me the human resource manager over this giant 200 employee call center and so now I'm you know got four kids and one wife and I'm in seminary and I'm trying to get my master's and and I'm working like 50 hours a week and it was crazy right and I'm they're flying me to Louisville Kentucky and all this stuff and having all these big wig parties and all this kind of stuff and so I remember they were having a Christmas party one time and Jolene and I went because again we want to we want to love love them and earn the right to share Jesus with them. And they were, uh, by, the, by the end of the night, uh, we were all laughing and having a good time and enjoying good food. And then at the end of the night, uh, they were all pretty much plastered. And so they're like, hey, we need to take a picture. Oh, nobody can hold the camera. That's what, back when you had cameras, remember that? It was like, hey, who's going to hold the camera? Oh, Ken, Ken can. He's the only one that can hold it steady. See, they, they knew what we were about but we were there because it's like christ like we're with the sinners but we don't sin with them amen and we show christ and and christ like he suffered unjustly right when he was going through all of his um the trials and the beatings and even hanging on the cross just picture him he didn't sin i mean i think most of us would have been at some time if we had his power would have been like hey and wiped everybody out, right? That's what I would have wanted to do. He could have called down 12 legions of angels and, and stopped it at any time, but he didn't. And he's like, hey, this is an example. This is an example to us. You and I are to submit. We're going to get abused sometime and mistreated sometime, but let's be like Jesus. He's our example. And then as it finishes out, just this is great news. It says, by his wounds you have been healed. That's out of Isaiah 53, 5. Jesus is, by his stripes we have been healed, right? This is a spiritual healing because he died on the cross. We can have our sins forgiven and be spiritually healed. But it's also talking about physical healing in some aspects. And we see glimpses of this uh, on our life 
when we get healed either supernaturally because of prayer power and what God does, or sometimes through medicines or naturally we get healed. But we don't all, that doesn't always happen, does it? But our spiritual healing, he's taking care of that. Our ultimate healing will be in our, the final resurrection when Jesus comes back and we go to him, we're with him in glory forever and ever and we'll, there'll be no more pain and no more sorrow and no more sickness, amen? That's our ultimate healing. But again, he says, for you were like sheep going astray. Every single one of us who is a follower of Christ at some time had somebody share with us what Jesus did. The good news of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That Jesus went to the cross for us and died. He literally died and then rose again. And now he's seated at the right hand of God. His work is completed. And if you and I trust in him, we can be uh, saved. We have gone astray, but then he allows us to come back. I want to finish going back to verse 9. If, if you guys could do that for me. Go back to verse 9. Remember when it said that we are a chosen race and a holy priesthood and a holy, I mean a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possessions, so that, everybody say so that, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called us basically into salvation. Amen. I want to do that by showing you a picture I was just thinking about this all week long and it was heavy on my heart. I want to end with a, a picture that's kind of, it kind of hits your heart pretty hard, but I want you to look at that and I want you to focus on it just for a minute. This is a starving boy. I was exposed to this picture not too long ago. It's actually, it was taken, the, the photograph was taken by Kevin Carter it's in the Sudan in 1993. And what happened was, is the, the country of Sudan was going through all kinds of political turmoil and all kinds of, there was starvation and, and political unrest and all this kind of stuff going on. And there were so many people, so many people died and starved to death. This is actually called the struggling girl. But then they found out it was a boy later. But Kevin Carter was sent there with other photographers to go and, and take pictures of what was going on in the Sudan so that they could post them back in the United States and in other uh, countries so that we would send them money to help out the situation. It was so bad. It's like, look, we got to get help for Sudan. And so the famine and the violence and the civil war uh, was, was so bad and the political unrest was so bad that it's like, hey, we need some photographers to draw attention to this this little boy was a half a mile away from a united nations uh, feeding station but he might as well have been 50 miles away this picture took got national attention and actually won a pulitzer prize and i want you just to look at the vulture for a minute and that little boy And what I want you to remember is that let's just pretend that this doesn't represent just the physical condition of so many people today 
but it, it can represent the spiritual condition of people today. So many people around our community and in this area and in Missouri and in the United States and in the world are malnourished and hungering and starving for a relationship with Jesus. That vulture, you could say, well, that could represent Satan, right? And he's kind of honing in. And so many people need Jesus. Are you with me, church? As devastating as that is physically, there's a spiritual condition that's just as bad. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But verse 14 reminds us, Well, how then can they call on him whom they have not believed in? And how are they to believe in him who they've never heard see so many people haven't heard about jesus the the hope and the salvation that you and i have people need to hear about the one true hope jesus christ he's the hope of mankind he's the way the truth and the life and none of us come to the father none of us get salvation none of us get heaven without him so as we gather here this morning in this in the comfort of our surroundings and the joy of our fellowship together. I mean, I love coming to church, don't you? And we're blessed with this beautiful place and beautiful people to gather around. It's so easy to forget the cruelty of the world out there that so many people face every single day. Last night we had, we got to a bunch of the, our Kansas City kids, all of our Kansas City kids gathered together and we had hamburgers and you know good food and we celebrated uh, Lily's birthday, she turns 14 in a couple days. And then I was reminded on Thursday night that there's a lot of kids around here that have never had a birthday. They've never got to celebrate it. It was just another day where they went hungry and got nothing. So as we gather together in this place, and we're so blessed, there's, there's a there's so much hurt out there, and Jesus is the answer because he is the Savior of the world. So what are we going to do? After, can you put that picture back up, please? After, he won a, after Kevin Carter won a Pulitzer Prize for this picture, He got, he got fame and he was asked to a lot of functions. He came back to the United States and he got to go around all kinds of places and they would talk about this picture and this is what they would say. Like, okay, so, so what did you do next? Like faced with it, like what did you do next? And he said, nothing. No, 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 no. See, no, like after, well, and then he admitted, well, I waited for a while till the vulture got closer and closer because so, I thought the photo would be more impactful. Well, no, but yeah, but after, but, but then after you took the picture, what did you do? He said, nothing. <laughs> yeah, but like after your heart was just broken because of the, what did you do? I didn't do anything. 
And as he kept getting asked to function after function after function, and he had to keep telling that story about what he didn't do, four months after he won the Pulitzer Prize, he took his own life. Just because of, you know, all that he had seen and kind of the realization. So listen, church, there's people, not just, not just random people, but our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and our family that don't know Christ. And Satan is stalking them and the world is enticing them what are we going to do we have the answer in jesus and if you've never come to christ this is an opportunity i'm going to have the band come up and we're going to have uh pastor jeff is going to head to the back like he always does and i'm going to have a few people up here and i just want you to here here's what i want you to think about like what is your next step this morning because i would encourage you i'm going to do something a little bit different listen the altar is open and we'd love to talk to you about Jesus and if you need to come to him, we want to help you do that today. If you want to join the church or if you want to come talk to pastor about being baptized or whatever, that's always on the table. But this morning I want to do something just a little bit different and I want you to think in your mind, if you are a believer, who do I know that needs Jesus? I guarantee you God's probably already put them on your heart. So now what I want you to do is think and pray. Like, God, would you give me the courage and the strength and the words to say so I could talk to them about your son Jesus? Because they are hurting. They are, they are, they are in such need. I'm going to have some folks up here if they come. And if you want to just ask them to pray for you or the altar's always open, however, whatever the Lord asks you to do, would you just please respond to him? Father God, would you move in this place? Would you put on our hearts and give us the determination and the opportunity to share Jesus with those who need him? Put that on our hearts, Lord, and help us to respond in Jesus' name. Amen.